Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast ahead of a classic weekend at Epsom. We're only looking at Epsom. That has got our main focus, Oaks Day, Derby Day, all the ITV races covered on this show in the next under an hour, ideally, because Dan Barber is in a rush, but that's not going to stop him pointing us in the direction of some winners. How are you, Dan? Quick check-in. I'm good. I don't, I don't think rush is necessarily true. Just a bit delayed, okay. aren't we? But we'll, we'll plough through. Amazing weekend. Amazing weekend. Yeah, can't wait. I'm going to Chepstow tomorrow. Everyone tune in for an afternoon of action there. I didn't mean that when I said amazing weekend. but <laughs> um, TC, over to you. Have you been on a deep dive into these Epsom races? Are we expecting plenty of big prices as per from you? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Yeah, I've had a good look at both days. Love it. Love it. And Daryl, we've got you here. Daryl Carter joins instead of Kevin Blake because Kev is too busy doing his Twitter content this week. And so as a result, we have brought in a super stub. Daryl Carter, how are you? First time on a podcast with me. You're in for an absolute treat, my son. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, Vanessa. Thank you very much for having me. You know you're doing well when you're giving old Kevin Blake the nudge out the window, eh? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Straight out the window. He's gone out his hotel window with the Wi-Fi, it would seem. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Weather check-in. Only one course to cover. TC, we want the ground. What's it going to be? How much are they going to be watering? What can we expect both days, please? Um, Well, if you believe the clerk of the course is good, good to firm in places, and he hasn't been putting that much water on, um, officially anyway. Um. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised it's um, with the amount of water he's been putting on. He's been putting on about two to five mil a day. I'm surprised it's uh, good good to fill in places and not quicker. So I'm not sure. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm only five miles away and it was, it's, the sun's just come out here and it's very it's still windy. So, yeah, I mean, if he's only putting on two to five mil, I'm, I think it might be on the quick side. But history tells us Oaks Day is normally on the, on the easy side of good, doesn't it? So... I'm not sure. Just work on the bases of good and crack on. Okay. Working on the bases of good, cracking on is exactly what we're going to do. Uh, day one over at Epsom, Friday, two o'clock is the first race. And it's the six furlong woodcut for the two-year-olds. And Hatem is your 100 to 30 favourite for Richard Hannon. That's the Bath winner. Taking on Ballon d'Or for Hugo Palmer's team. Ran such a good race when we saw him in the Lily Agnes at Chester. And then the Camden Colt is next best for Richard Hannon. Ryan Moore in the saddle at five to one. Uh, Valor and Swagger in there at 11 to two on the blue points. He's made such a good start to his stallion career. Land Lover in here as well at 10 to one. Just a, had one run so far, that Land Force Colt. Those are your top few in the betting. And I'm going to kick off with UTC. Who wins the Wood Cup? Um, well, I, ha- I don't have a strong opinion, but I've had a few quid on a couple. The Nick Bradley pair, uh, May May, uh, about May May, purely because um, he's getting eleven. She's getting eleven pound from the winning Colts, and Bradley won this with a filly a couple of years ago, Oscula. I don't think this one's anywhere near as good as that, but getting the weight might not have to be. And there's been a lot of money around for Bradley's other one. Not a lot of money, but a fair bit of money. It's a bit a bit of price shift for 50 grand Slater, who finished second to a Sadner at Ripon, albeit uh, in the next parish. Uh, that's That was been put in at 20 and 25. Sportsbook have been punted into into 14s there. So I, yeah, I can see that. 
he travelled quite well for the first part of that race at Ripon before the old monster kicked in, uh, Bowie's. So, yeah, there's been a couple of money around for them. Very, very small win only. I've played them. I literally just tennis and 20s. And, um, yeah, uh, if you are becking each way in the race, uh, Sportsbook can play in four places. Okay, love to hear it. Uh, Daryl, over to you for the Wood Ditton. Any, any interest in siding with me with Ballon d'Or here? Nah, nah, not really. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to be fair, though, it's, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on the, on the Betfair Sportsbook for this for Ballon d'Or towards the top of the market. The market does normally get this right. So seven of the last 10 favourites have actually won this and only one double-figure double price winner. So punters are usually quite sharp when it comes to this particular Just race. up. Ah. Huh? Have you been told to say stuff like that? <laughs> oh, Tony, you wait till we get the trainer for, mate. I heard it lost you a few questions. No, seriously, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been told to, to do this to wind me up? No, he hasn't. <laughs> Vanessa's had this, but everyone else has had this. Oh, Daryl, has a hate. I'm not rising to it. I'm not rising to it. I'll bring the old rod back in then. Uh, Bob Slay, I thought was quite interesting. Free Johnson Houghton. Um, she had a couple of uh, couple of decent um, first time out two year old winners. They both been the other two have both been beaten since. But I thought this left quite a deep impression at Brighton. Finished really strongly up the hill um, and was just a just a class above the horses that he was racing against. It was a, it was a bit of a nothing race, but just on a visual impression, I thought there would be a bit more to come. And and Tony's mentioned fifty grand Slater, who I thought. Did a lot wrong actually at Ripon, but still comfortably beat the rest of the field there. And uh, I thought there was definite improvement to come when that one learns to race. So Holly Dorn in the saddle should uh, should give you a good run for for your money on fifty grand Slater. But like Tony said, uh, Vanessa, just a sort of a tentative couple of selections in the opening race. Okay, brilliant. Right, let's kick on then. Um... To the 235 at Epsom. This is the Racehorse Lotto Handicap. It's class two and it's over the one mile and just the half a furlong. Fantastic Fox is currently the favourite for the Roger Berrien team. Um, is nine to two joint favourite at the top of the market with Revich in there for Richard Spencer and Ryan Moore. Same sort of price. All the King's men in here for George Bowie, five to one. Dutch decoy is also five to one. Ross Colin is 11 to two. And those are just the top five or six there. So it just sums up how open this is, TC. But this is a race that you have a stronger view in for one of your stronger races for the weekend. Yeah, Probably probably me my biggest bet of the weekend, actually. Uh, obviously, I've already put him up and, and backed him. The horse in question is Ross Gollin. Um, fair bit of pace in here, coming from two, four, seven and eight. Uh, he's coming from 10, so hopefully he'll, he'll take the coward's route and come wide instead of the clever route going on the inside where, where the trouble might be. He, he just handicapped to, he just handicapped to go very, very close, isn't he? I know he doesn't probably win as much as he should, but... He's one from one at the course. Um, he actually that was on a bit that was on good to soft ground. He actually they actually came near side that day, but obviously the one for one at the course is a positive. Uh, the handicap mark of ninety five is a definite positive. Um, you can forgive him his run at Ascot last time. He got dropped a few pounds for because he was he pretty much on the wrong side. Well, not the wrong side, but um, he he wasn't ideally uh, best position there. Even if the winner came from that side of the track. And like I said, he's he's got loads of handicap form um, of much higher marks than this. Um, off his pink mark a couple of years ago, he's 106, finishing second at Glorious Goodwood. Uh, he's bound to a mark of 95 now. Uh, I think he's got everything in his favour. And yeah, um, 
it should go very, very close. It, it's obviously a very competitive race. You, you just have a look at the sportsbooks prices and they've got about six horses within two points of each other. But no, Ross got it off 95 on, on ground he should like. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm very confident of a big run there. OK, big run from Ross Collin, currently 11-2 to two on the sports book. Dan, over to you for this race. Yeah, I can certainly see that case. He's, um, that was Derby weekend, I think, when he won at this track. Remarkable. He's largely drawn a blank since. I think Dutch Decoy is ready to win. He's been bumbling under for a while, got too far back. He's one of those Johnson horses that doesn't force the pace or race prominently, so he will be beholden to a to a bit of luck trying to weave his way through. He's not had that. He didn't get it at Hamilton. Stall three, maybe not ideal in that in that sense. But Callan's riding and he's riding out of his skin and he's replacing a claimer and a claimer who often rides in Molly Stammers. Maybe, maybe Callan's experience of riding around tracks like this might stand this horse in good stead. But basically, he needs the brakes. I think he's in the form to win. If he gets the brakes, I think he'll go close. Okay, we've had two thrown into the mix, Daryl, for this very competitive handicap. Go on, confuse our listeners and viewers. Throw a third one in there. Yeah, it's not a bad shortlist, though, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to throw in Rivich. I don't think he's done much wrong. Uh, I thought the Chester victory was was really quite quite taking, to be honest with you. It was his career-best RPR on the figures, and uh, uh, he's, very, he's ground versatile. Look, he's up to a mile here. He's second in this race last year, bumped into the unexposed uh, George Bowie horse, who potentially could be another one in here, and all the King's men. But I just think he's rock solid for an each way bet. Um, I can see him drifting. He's around 92 on a sports book. I mean, I, I wouldn't back him at that. I, I could see him going off at about six or seven. So I'd hold fire, but Ryan Moore's on. Um, clearly in good heart. And uh, yeah, I think he I think he's he's one of these horses that's just guaranteed to give his running. Um, I'm surprised Fantastic Fox is at the top of the market because this horse just doesn't want to win. Mm-hmm. Um Ram, but Ram didn't race last year behind Rivich there. Um, yeah, I, I'd I'd be with Rivich. Okay, three then for the handicap, as I say. Let's move on to the 310 at Epsom. Now, this is a great race. I'm looking forward to this. The Coronation Cup, the group one, over the one miles for furlongs, only the five runners. But the clash between Westover at the top of the market, 15 to 8 currently, obviously so unlucky in the derby itself last year and then has since gone on to win the Irish derby and then run some good races in top in literally all group one since taking on Emily Upjohn, the filly who was so unlucky in the Oaks last year at nine to four at the top, uh, second best in the market for John and Thady Gosden. Obviously we last saw her winning at Ascot on champions day. She makes a seasonal reappearance here. They take on Hurricane Lane, who just adds a completely different angle into the mix. Obviously the older horse at seven to two bounce right back to form at Newmarket when bolting up when last seen having disappointed at Newbury. Behind them in the betting is Point Lonsdale at seven to two. He's been pretty consistent <coughs> so far this season. Obviously one at Chester when we last saw him. He's two from two this year. And then we have a German Raider as well. Dan, this race literally has a bit of everything. It, it does. might only be a small field, but I'm really looking forward to it. It does. I think I'm I'm happy to well, I think there are reasons that you can think most of the the obvious players have holes in them. Westover's temperament, starting okay. his game in issue, bolted to post in the King George, got very warm when he ran in Dubai. Hurricane Lane isn't far at all removed from a really bad run on his return, and he was all over the place when he finished second in the derby on this track. Um, 
Emily Upjohn, I think, is the most likely winner getting the way. I still don't think we've seen the best of her, but we haven't seen her at all this year. I'm going I'm going Uber Alas again as I did last year with Torquato Tasso in the King George, who thought like I thought I was in for all money and then pile driver sweep past me. But this Tunnis must be a very useful animal. He's won a German ledger by eight lengths. He's won a, another grade one by 10. Most of it is in the mud, cliche alert, but he wasn't that far below his best in a Japan Cup on good to firm ground, beating six lengths at a massive price when he tried to weave his way through. It seemed fairly clear that he just had a run the other day to put him spot on for this. I'm just going to have a throw a few quid at him and hope that he's better than the market makes him look and a few of the big guns don't fire because I think there's potential holes in a few of them. Fascinating, fascinating angle in. 10 to 1, Tunez, for the for Team German and has been nibbled at in the market. Daryl, over to you for the Coronation Cup. Do you agree with Dan that you can pick holes in all of those that he's mentioned? Yeah, I do, I do to a degree. And I think uh, he mentioned Tunez there. I think that one could just have a solo out on the front end. I can't really see where the other pace is going to come from in the race. Um I, I do like West over at two to one. I think it's I think it's a fair price. I'm not normally one to want to be backing at the top of the market, but West over at two to one, I feel is a, is a, is a fair price. Bumped into Equinox in the in the Shima Classic last time. I mean, he did really well there. Actually, he was in the middle of the pack, a bit of a muddling pace, and stayed on really strongly. Um, returning to Epsom, where he was unlucky in the Derby, wasn't he? And I, I feel I feel a little bit for Rob Hornby actually. <clears throat> unlucky in the Derby, dropped off for the Irish Derby. Gets back on, he runs no sort of race in the King George. <clears throat> and then um, he goes to Longchamp and the ground just completely goes against him. So I'd be hoping that Rob Hornby could get his uh, get his day on Westover here in the Coronation Cup. Um, I do think he, he's a better horse than Emily Upjohn. I think Emily Upjohn could be very free first start for 230 days. I think that's a slight concern if you're going to back her, especially if they, they go a muddling pace here. Uh, and Tunis doesn't really... Last year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... That would just be a slight concern. I totally agree with Dan that Hurricane Lane, for me, didn't handle the track in the derby. I, 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 I don't like to see him back here, but it was a good re- return of form last time, albeit in a you know in a weak enough race. And Point Lonsdale got a, an enterprising ride at Chester last time, I thought. So I thought Westover was the most likely win. I thought two to one was fair. Uh, yeah, and I thought it was pretty straightforward, to be honest, Vanessa. Okay. A confident vote for the favourite. A nudge for the rank outsider. Tony, where did you land in between? What can you add here? Won't be having a bet. I thought Westover is currently 3.3 on the exchange. I thought that was fair without prompting me to have a bet. All the money's been for the German horse. It was 20s in quite a few places um, on Wednesday morning, stroke afternoon. Um, Pace, yeah, I, I think Ryan might might want to try and go forward on Point Lonsdale, but he wasn't a very willing um conveyance at Chester last time and he needed to be rousted along on, on deep ground. Perhaps he'll be better on better ground. He has got some form on on that as a juvenile. But yeah, could well be the German horse gets a, gets his own way in front. But I think I think Ryan might want to want to go forward as well. So yeah, it's it's a very, very tricky race. Um Westover at nine to four plus on the exchange is probably the fairest bet, but I probably won't get involved. All right. But one of the races that TCU are getting involved in is the 335. It's the class two handicap over the 10 furlongs. 
11 runners here and Honiton is up at the top of the market at 7-2 to two for John and Thady Gosden. Marble the Champ next best at 9-2. to two. Majestic in there who finished behind Marble the Champ when they met at York is 11-2. to two. Dual Identity 7-1. to one. Savvy Victory 7-1. to one. Those are just uh, mentioned the top few there, TC. But uh, where did you land with some of this crossover form? Yeah, I, I went out with my column on um, on Wednesday night and um, they've shortened a fair bit. I'll take on one that hasn't shortened dramatically. Uh, it's 17 to 11 to 2. That's Majestic. I thought he he probably was a kind of moral winner at a York last time, the way the race panned out. Um, missed the break, got rousted along. Made his had to make his move on the far side on his own. Um, so I thought Majestic ran remarkably well to finish a length uh, fourth there. Um, he's only six pound higher than when winning uh, the Cambridgeshire in quite dominant fashion. And I just thought off a of marker ninety two. I think he'd uh, after that run last time at York. I think he's. I think he's. He must go very very well here. It's a competitive race, but the other one is actually just. The price is just disintegrated. Is Toshizu, um, who was not given uh, the best arrive from the rear last time, dropped him from stall seventeen. Never got into it. Made some modest late gains. Um, really, really, kind of like was was much better than the actual he was able to show that day. The handicapper dropped him two pounds. He's down to a mark of ninety, which is really, which is very very good. Um, considering he ran well off 93 over a mile and a mile one at Newmarket earlier on this season. Steps up to a mile two, which I think is, could be the key here, given the way he's been finishing off his races. He's only run, once, uh, run it over once before behind Kiprios at Cork a couple of years ago. I just think on quick ground, off a mark of 90, up to a mile two, uh, then he's got an obvious chance. But he opened up at 25s early in the week. Um, it was 16s by the time I ticked it yesterday. Um, what price is he now? I thought I saw he was seven somewhere, and he's around he about is currently sevens. Well, you, know, you know damn well what price he is. No, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know he's around the place, but he's not. That was 9.8 on the exchange. Well, okay, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't go near him at a seven to one. He's got to drift back out. All right. Um, but majestic, if you yeah. ask me the current prices. Um, Majestic is probably around about six to one in the exchange. That's probably the better the two of my two at the current prices. But so I, I want him to drift back out to twelves before I got involved again. Dan, over to you. Interesting, not interesting, not really that interesting. But the jockey booking situation, obviously, James Dorling and the Godolphin Colours keeping the ride on Honiton when William Buick is keeping the ride on Marba the Champ for different connections and a different trainer. Not normally the way this tends to go, but. James Doyle could be back in the winner's enclosure, surely, with this big horse. He just seems to only now be really getting his act together. Yeah, that's true. I mean, mentioning Mahabha the champion, Ryan had a sensational York meeting, didn't he? What what a few days he had. But equally big meeting, not not long before, Daryl's already mentioned one farm, farm line out of there, and that was Revich. But I thought Savvy Victor ran a massive race the day Tony and I were sweet on. Pride of America. Pride of America had absolutely everything go his way, as we hoped he would. Got clear. Savvy Victory did all that running to get to him and then just couldn't get by. I thought we were completely done, Tony. I don't know about you. I thought he was just going to breeze past him. He didn't have... 
I think he did trade at 101. It was, it was yeah. 101 something. I don't think that was a reflection not going through with it. For me, that was like a listed caliber handicap that the top three were all listed horses. And if he runs to a similar level, he's one of those. I don't think three will beat him and his class might just get him get him home in front. But for me, it was mainly an each way angle. So victory on the back of a really good run, quality animal, travels well, has the right jockey on. I think from nine, Ryan will probably switch him out and try and come with a stay, steady uh, run down the middle. Yeah, but the sports were well, only three be... places at the moment. I think that might change because most mm-hmm. most firms are four, but sometimes the sports would just keep an eye on that. Sports but do increase their uh, their place. Savvy Victory is currently seven to one, Daryl. And did you see what Dan did there? He just subtly got in that time we tipped a winner at Chester Angle. That's what he did there. <laughs> I Don't love it. The... Remember, I yeah. love it. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if Savvy Victory can give a stone to Majestic. That would be disappointing. I thought oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to weigh in, going to weigh in with uh, Tony here with with Majestic, who I think he just looks like he's ready to strike. It, it's probably no more than a coincidence, but he's he, he scored fourth time out last year. He was just building up to performances last year. He's doing the same this time around. Gave firm indication that he was he's ready to go in at York when he came from well off the pace. I don't want to repeat too much what Tony's just said, but uh, I think he's got a crack and shout off for Mark and ninety two in this. Okay, doubling down on Majestic then. Um, let's move on to the Bet Fred Oaks, guys. The 4.30 at Epson on Friday. Obviously, the Phillies classic over the mile and a half. Save the last dance is your 5-4 to favourite, having done that devastating performance at Chester in the Chester Oaks. Uh, she was so impressive that day and she has the right right spot at the top of the market, 5-4. to four. Soul Sister put up that surprise of performance at York when we last saw her at a big price and she slotted in second best in the market, 2-1 to one for John and Thady Gosden. Running Lion, we've seen her in winning form this season already, once on the all-weather and then once at Newmarket. She's 5-1, to one, uh, third best in the market for, again, John and Thady Gosden. She's had that trip to Epsom on the Breakfast with the Stars Day or whatever they call it these days. And Eternal Hope was your Lingfield Oaks trial winner for the Charlie Appleby team at 12 to 1. She's been supplemented for the race and comes in here with a pretty progressive profile. After that, heartache tonight for David Menuzier at 14 to 1. If you like him to pull the rabbit out of the hat at some point, be happy in their bigger prices thereafter for the Aidan O'Brien team. Um, basically, Dan, like we just want winners on this show, essentially. Does save it? Does anything beat save the last dance? I don't think it does, and we're being led to believe this is a bang match now, aren't we? That she looked potentially past the post, and another rival has emerged. But was that Musadora any good? We referenced at the time that Novakai had the best form at two, but it wasn't sort of Oaks caliber form. She's been beaten on merit. The third horse was Stouties, who was stepping out of a maiden. And Soul Sister just settled it with a burst of pace, tackling quickish ground for the first time, admittedly, which probably suited, right down the outside, which felt like it was the place to be most of the week. She, she's definitely bred to see out longer trip, but I thought she looked like a speedy horse with a turn of foot there. And I just can't see her looming up to save the last dance and then having enough stamina to go by just from the way she quickened. And well, it I, made... Can I just add in on, on this note of Soul Sister? I just can't have that the Gosdens had a two to one Oaks chance sat at home in their stable all winter and didn't know didn't it. Realize, yeah. That I just can't have that. Yeah, I know they can I mean they can improve at different rates, can't they? But 
Yeah, I just think there's holes in the Musidora form. Obviously, there are holes in the Chester form as well. Nothing else was able to move at the end, but <laughs> she was clocking closing sectionals that were like as if it was decent ground. And I, I think it's fanciful to believe, despite the pedigree, that she'll be better on quicker ground. But I think the question is, will she be as good? Because I think if she reproduces what she did at Chester, it's just just don't think anything will be good enough to beat. So that was such a special performance. Okay. Do you have anything to add that might chase her home that you expect to be slotted and into the second position? Or do you just want to leave it with all aboard, save the last dance, Dan? I'd leave it with that. Cause to be honest, I, my position was, well, th- there will be something there because I'm not a fan of Soul Sister per se. So I'll have to dig a bit deeper for that. But at the moment, it was just nothing. Save the last dance is all, um, all aboard. Top draw, yeah. All right. Daryl, over to you for the Oaks. Do you concur with those thoughts? I don't know if I trust the Chester form. I know she was visually very impressive. The sectionals worked out very well. But like, like the, the runner-up there is the door. She, she reared at the start. She lost five or six lengths. She easily clung onto the back of the field. They sort of went no pace. A lot of the horses fell apart in, in, in the ground. Yes, she's done it impressively. But there's the door was beaten two starts goal for handicap mark seventy nine. Um, so I'm just a little bit skeptical. She's she's on quicker ground. She's up in trip, different track. Look, if she's a superstar, I'd happily let her go and win and, and prove me wrong at five to four. But I just I just I couldn't I couldn't back her at five to four. Just tackling completely contrasting conditions next time out. I think there's better five to four shots around. Um, in turn, I actually do like Soul Sister. I think she's a. I think she was very, very impressive. The sectional she clocked in the closing fur- two furlongs at York, I thought were very impressive. Um, and I thought she hit the line very hard. I, I-, I do like her quite a bit. I love the way she went through the race. Seems very straightforward. Obviously, you've got the slight doubt about the what happened at Newbury on her seasonal return. She sort of flopped there. Um, but I'm willing to take that Musiodora form over the Chester form at the moment. And uh, I'm hoping that she's going to take another step forward here. Obviously, she's only had the three starts. So I thought she was interesting. Just one quickly at a massive price. I thought I thought Broke Diamond was quite interesting that Colbert continues to pers- uh, persevere with her. She was a really nice winner last year at Newmarket on debut. Should have won the prestige stakes, but was caught at the rear of the field at Goodwood off a slow tempo. Um, ran a little bit flat behind commissioning and Novakai at Newmarket over the mile. And then I thought she was a bit of an eye-catcher behind Eternal, Eternal um, Hope in the Lingford Oaks trial. And it's just interesting that they just continue to persevere with her. She takes another step forward. She won't be a million miles off, off the frame, but um, it's obviously a lucrative shout at 40 to 1. Okay, so we've got a big price horse in there from Daryl, but basically one vote for Soul Sister and one vote for Save the Last Dance. Conflicting views, TC. You're, it's over to you for the decider here. Um, well, I'm not going to be having a bet, so um, my opinion is pretty worthless for anybody listening. I just think we've got three very, very good fillies here. Uh, I think save the last dance. I'd rather be a backer than a layer if pushed at five to four. That's very similar to the um, exchange price at 2.3 now. Um, Soul Sister and Running Lion, I think they're... They've shown they've got brilliant speed at a mile two. Um, you know, you know they're not highly rated at the moment, but I suspect they are going to rate a lot higher than this. But I think just save the last dance. He's just going to, he's going to, he's going to collect. There's not a lot of pace in the race, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know, right? I know Aiden's probably got a couple that's going to go forward, maybe Red Riding Hood, but I can see Ryan taking this up very very early just after halfway and just trying to grind it out because 
this horse is just all about stamina. Um, I wouldn't be that bothered about the track. I wouldn't be that bothered about the, the ground. You know, obviously the dams won the grade one um, over a mile two on fast ground in the States. Yeah, I, I just think, I just think if the other two try and go with him, uh, go with her, I think she could win this by a very, very wide margin. But, you know, there are, there are doubts. She, she has got it to prove. Um, okay. To certain degrees. But no, I, I just think, because of the because of the nature of the free fillies at the top of the market, I can't see this being an each way race. So even with the stamina concerns, so no, okay, bit for me. But I think the favourites probably going to win. All right, on to Saturday we go. And before we do go on Saturday, do not forget bet ten get ten guys. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples with the Betfair Sportsbook. Get a free £10 bet on racing multiples. This offer applies to Saturday. Do read the T's and C's. It'll be in the show's description below where I'm pointing. And um, please get stuck in, but do it responsibly, of course. Let's kick off with the 12.50 at Epsom on Saturday, the first race, and obviously only one race before the derby due to the FA Cup final. Got an early Epsom derby on Saturday. We kick off with the 12.50, and it's the Diamond Stakes, and Highland Avenue is the 6-5 to favourite in here for Charlie Affby and William Buick. In behind him in the betting is Colsai in here at 11 to 4 for Roger Varian, David Egan in the saddle, Regal Reality, so Michael Stout, Ryan Moore, Fives, Escobar, the old boy at 8 to 1, Imperial Fighter for Andrew Balding at 14s, and Mary's Diamond in there for Roger Fell at 16s. That is your full field of six for this. And TC, I'm coming straight to you. I think I can guess what your bet is in this race, but I don't want to preempt you, so take it away. Go on, then what is it? Colsai. No. Oh, I did look at that because I love the horse uh, that beat him last time. Uh, sorry, that is literally it was. It, I, it, that was all I was going on. Is that you were so keen on that form from Goodwood? Yeah, I, I, I was looking for a bit bigger price actually, but um, okay. I, I, I get your reasoning there, uh, but no, I, I just uh, on the price. Just going on the prices. Uh, the sportsbook is sixteen, which is the lowest price around, but there is the usual place. Got a road price of 25 to 1. Um, I think Marie's Diamond's worth a poke here. Um, I think she might. I know the, the favourite likes to go out in front as well, but I think she'll get I think he will get the lead uh from stall one. And I can just see him going out and going very close to making all. Now, there are obvious negatives. Um, he's run at this meeting three times before, uh, and not won on any of them, even when he was at his best. He was six or seven in this race a couple of years ago. Um, and he's only rated 95 now. Um, but and obviously all the rest are rated 100 and plus, and the top rated is 110. Uh, but you know, you've got to remember this horse two or three years ago was rated as high as 113. And uh actually, it was a that was a really good run at York last time. We've already discussed that York race, the mile two race. And, he did remarkably well to hang on as 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 much as he did because he, he's best at, he's best over shorter than that. So even though he's just rated ninety six now, I can see the run of the race suiting him. I think by Saturday they're not going to water much overnight, if at all, on on Friday. All yeah. the watering's going to be done before that. I think the ground's really going to be quickening up. So I think a mile and a half on on fast grounds. From stall one, trying to make call. If he can get rid of the favourite early on, I just think he might he might be uh, 
you might be able to cause a shock. I mean, like I said, the 25 okay. to 1 in the marketplace is, is wrong. Six, the better, the sportsbook 16s is nearer the mark, and I'll, I'll be backing him at 6. Well, I have backed him, but I'll be backing him again at 16 to 1 plus on the day. Winner. All right, and he's currently 16s on the sportsbook, as TC has said about Murray's Diamonds. Uh, Daryl Carter, over to you, please. Yeah, I was more interested in the bottom half of the market than the top half of the market in this as well, same as, uh, same as Tony. But I was going to give a chance to Imperial Fighter um, now I know you've got to be a bit forgiving. He's finished last of five and last of six in his last two starts, but um, it's too. We're of a forgiving nature on this. Yeah, part, we are. And uh, some of us two... are. <laughs> <laughs> his last two starts have come on deep ground. I, I, even though he was pulled out of Goodwood as a non-runner the other day because of the ground, I don't. I generally don't think this horse wants deep ground. So if they pull him out again, they pull him out again. But and I, I may be wrong, but. I thought he was better than a bare result in Newmarket. Um, Oshie Murphy sort of ploughed his own path down the near side um, on good ground that day. I think it was slightly slower on the stand side because nothing all day came down that stand side rail. All, every, all the action developed over the far side of the track. And winners were coming down that far rail. Um, so I think he was a little bit better than a bare result. We've beaten nine lengths. We've only a couple of lengths off a check and challenge. I don't think that was too bad of an effort. I think it was at least a step back in the right direction. I think if you go back to some of his form last year as a three-year-old, I think it's very, very solid. It ties in with the top of the market, Highland Avenue. And I do think that this horse would be much better suited by swinging around a bend and getting a little bit of cover and then being able to pull out and make a challenge there. Um, you go back to some of the winners of this, like, oh, this is us. He reminds me of that type of horse, you know? You know, oh, this is us. We used to win this race a few times. Love him, love him. Yeah, he, he reminds me of a horse like that who could just be buried away and just pull yeah. out and, and make a challenge. So hopefully you can get a bit of cover uh, on the on the pace, just off the pace and uh, make a challenge. 14 to 1, I think he's worth chancing. Brilliant. Now, before we go on to the classic, for anyone watching on YouTube, the reason that I just had to mute my, mute my camera and leave the room for a second is for the second week running, the puppy has pissed on the floor whilst I'm recording this pod. <laughs> Tony. So the first, the first week, I was like, oh, I just keep rolling. Like, I can't tell him off now. And he's done it right in front of me. But the second week, we can't continue with this. And he doesn't pee on the floor, but he's been peeing on the floor whilst we record Racing Only Better. Better than a jobby. Better than a jobby. Well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> So he's, he's pretty good, but he doesn't seem to like this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> let's roll on to the Epsom Derby. One thirty, Epsom Derby. We've got 14 going to post. Nice big field to get stuck into. Mile and a half classic, of course. August Rodin, 11 to 4. Top of the market off the back of the disappointment in the 2000 guineas, but the hype horse after last year. Military order, 7-2, to two, won the Lingfield Derby trial. Loads of people latched on to him. So impressive that day. Arrest, 4-1, to one, won the Chester uh, trial. And again, plenty of people impressed with his performance up at Chester. Passenger, supplemented for the race at 9-2, to two, after disappointing when we saw him over at York in the Dante. Spreewell, 10-1. to one. Following him in the betting, won the Leopardstown Derby trial and has been very progressive in his last couple of starts. The Foxes, 12 to 1, won the Dante. Lots of people picking holes in his form, but will he stay? That's the big question. White Birch has chased home a few of these horses already, is 12 to 1. Dubai Mile, so good last year, 14s. Waipuro chased home military order at 20s. Artistic star in there for Rafe Beckett at 40s, King of Steel 40 to 1, San Antonio 40s, and Adelaide River 50s. Dear my friend, is the rank outsider at 80 to 1. That is your Derby field. Who am I going to come to first? TC, mm. you can do the honors. Take it away, sir. Talk us uh, through the Betfred Derby. Uh, I'm going to be quite brief, actually. Um, oh. can't, can't have August Rodan. 
Okay. Billy Price. Um, don't really rate the Dante form. Um, okay. I think Passenger, the supplemented Passenger, I think. I think he's a mile two horse. I don't know what race people were looking at, but he didn't finish off that race strongly to me once he got a run. So I think he's, I think he's might be the best horse in the race, but he's probably running over the wrong trip. I think military order would be my favorite. And um, I think he's a fair, if you shop around, I think you can get nine to two with extra places. And I think, I think that's very, very solid. Uh, should note the sports for playing four places as well. Um, yeah, I, I just want to. Just, nothing really appeals to me at the top of the market. Sprawl, I quite like. I quite like, but you know, he's got ground to prove. I've already said. I mean, I, I think with the forecast and with the, you know, Andrew Cooper is loath to water overnight on on Friday. I think we would be looking on the quick side of goods, so that's going to have to, that's going to be a consideration here. I, I've I've taken a swing on artistic uh, star. Uh, I tipped him up win only early in the week at forties, and I'm going to tip him up again at forty to one each way. Now there's an extra place with the sports book. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a swing, obviously, but he's he's unbeaten. I thought he won really well over a mile two at Sandown last time. Um, Related to multiple four winners, he's by uh, you know he's um, he, he's bred to be suited by the, the extra two furlongs. Um, you know, one of the one of the four brothers forbearance was best over a mile four on, on fast ground. So, you know the, the switch to a firmer surface. His, his two wins so far have come on soft and good to soft. Will be suited, um, and I I love. So I, I just I just looked at the race and there's nothing that really appealed to me at the prices. I and I just thought I'll take a swing on an unbeaten colt. Uh there. It's more, you know, it's more more hope than confident for sure. But no, I, I think with the forties, four places, it's uh a fair bet. Artistic. Okay. Artistic star for the Rave Beckett team, Rob Hornby in the saddle, 40 to 1. Um, Daryl, you see there that I gave this race the big hype, didn't I? like really sort of tried to G up all the runners and then TC just goes through them and just starts cutting them down. And I'm no, not arguing with half the stuff he said as well. I'm no, I'm with you TC. With half you the stuff have, you have to, you have to, you know, just because it's a big race. I mean, I won't be having a, a bet in the Oaks, but just because it's a, a big race, everything is, everything has its price. And I just can't see anything at the top of the market that I want to back other than probably military order. Daryl, do you, what do you like? Uh, I'm I'm in a sticky situation here because like Tony, I've been playing this this anti post. So I'm on a few of these at bigger prices. So now to come and advise them now, for example, there was a lot of 10, 11 to one on the on the exchange earlier in the week for a rest. He's now four to one on the sports book. So it's it's kind of difficult to the way you're gonna play it. I think if 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 we're talking price right now, I think the foxes is overpriced at 12 to 1. Now I know a lot of people think they clung on in the Dante, but I would argue that this horse only does enough in front. Um there's a moment in the race when he's traveling as well as passenger was and Oshin Murphy just gave him a little nudge down and neck. he switched his legs and then he pulled back and he held back and I think he held on to him to make his challenge because he knows he doesn't do enough in front and once he's hit the front if you watch him he's having a good look around at everything around him he's drifting to the right and he sort of looks like he's clung on he's bred to stay this trip so a lot of people saying he won't get the trip he won't stay I can't really have that not often you see a Dante winner at 12 to 1 and the horse that finished fourth, third 
at nine to two in the market. I, I think that's I think that's wrong. Uh, my initial thought of that Dante, I thought, Jesus, Pasture was completely unlucky. He would have won it by a street. The more you watch it, I think that Tony's right in saying that he's running over the wrong trip here. I didn't think he was steaming home once he got that gap. Um, but saying all that, I mean, we're, we're also on White Birch at a big price, thirty-three to one on the. Betfair road to Epsom column. I'll just give myself a pat on the back for that. Um, but <laughs> I, I, look, I do, I do like. I think Arrest is the, is the most talented horse of these. In all honesty, I think he's the one that down the line we're going to be seeing the most of in, in the big races throughout the season. He was given an arc entry before his Chester run. I know people are worried about the ground for him. Um, I know the Gostons have said about the ground for him, but it, there was nothing wrong with the ground when he ran on good to firm at Sandown as a two roll twice. Uh, so. If you, you push me for a, for a bet now, um, ignoring the prices, it, which will annoy Tony, it would be a rest. If you want one at a price where I think is overpriced, I think the Foxes should be half the price of 12 to 1. All right. Plenty of names thrown into the mix already, Dan. Over to you for last selections for the Derby, please. Yeah, I'll be brief. Um, military order, I think Tony picked out. Well, I think it's more salient part. I think he should be favourite. A lot of people seem to be just assuming just because Little Big Bear bounced back and Meditate bounced back that, oh, well, August Rodan will definitely bounce back. But they are different horses and it was a poor return and he had a big track bias anyway. Little Big Bear, didn't he? It was a bit of a joke at Haydock at the weekend. So, yeah, I think middle, military order, horses never started bigger than evens. They must have known he was a top-notcher. Full brother to Adair. The best part of Lingfield was the the last part. Challenge looks under duress, and then just his stamina kicks in. I think he's an archetypal Derby house, as his brother was, and proved. Brilliant. Okay, let's move on. Then we've got the rest of the card at Epsom to rattle through. I wonder how it'll feel having had the Derby so early. Will it be then? Just a weird atmosphere. I don't know. But anyway, we will find out on Saturday, two ten is the Princess Elizabeth Stakes is for the Phillies and Mares and it's over the one mile half furlong. Prosperous Voyage is your seven to four market leader. The group one winner in here from last year, taking on Potapova for Sir Michael Stout, nine to four after being pulled up last time. And was it an irregular heartbeat? I think was the excuse. Mm. Roman missed next best nine to two. Astral Bow in there at eight to one. Um, bigger prices sort of thereafter. But... All three of you have got a view on this race. So quick rattle through. Daryl, I will start with you. Yeah, just I'll just be brief with this one. Um, I wanted to take on the top of the market. I think you've got to be quite forgiving uh, for Prosperous Voyage and, and Potapova. Really. Potapova, not as much. She was second year last year. I think she's a fair, fair price, actually. But uh, Shara is also going to take a chance on John Gosden. Bombed out a new market on seasonal return, but a lot of Johns were not running right on the on soft ground. He did mention that he couldn't get him out onto the grass. Um, earlier in the season, a lot of bounce back. Looks of Hollington bounce back next time. A few others bounce back. Um, and I just thought she'd be worth taking the chance on about nine to one. She was quite progressive last year, had some solid form. Um, and I'm hoping that Jim Crowley just get her in a nice prominent position and she just keep rolling. Yeah, and she's currently nine to one in the market. So a bigger price swing for Daryl. Over to you, TC. I think Prosperous Voyage is a very fair price at seven to four. Um, oh. Not sure if I'm going to tip her or back her, but. If I am going to have an interest in the race, it will be her. Uh, I made this between the top two in the market. I don't think you can touch Potapova after that run first time up. Prosperous Voyage, second in the Guineas, uh, Route 1 winner, unpenalised. You can forgive her a run over a mile one on soft ground first time up. You know, back, uh, back slightly in trip, on quicker ground, best feeling in the race. 7-4 is very, very fair. Okay, 
very, very fair price about Prosper's Voyage. And Dan Barber, you please. Uh, Goggles lost four runners of one for um, and that's a, a recently updated statistic because he's had a winner at Yarmouth as we've been recording. So that's one for Shara and Daryl. I really like Astral Bow as a horse. Well, it's no use to any subscriber and viewer, is it? We're tipping three of the six runners. Um, <laughs> but Astra, I, don't, I just think, as, as Daryl said, you've got to be fairly forgiving. Three, of the four, three or four of these didn't run up to form on their return, whereas Astral Bow, I think, has come back at the very top of her game and probably better than ever. Nine furlongs in the Dally on soft ground was probably too much of a stamina test. And lest we forget that she did finish ahead of Prosperous Voyage there and Shara, but the market seems to not really consider her, probably because she's trained by Pam Sly and not one of the big names. Just one one, pros- one potential negative for Prosperous Voyage, if she wants to go forward, random mist, um, Roman mist and random harvest also could go forward as well. So that would be... That would I be like it. the fact that you just chunk those two horses together. Just the two names <laughs> together. Well, Roman harvest. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> The 2.45 at Epsom is the three-year-old Dash handicap over, of course, the five furlongs. And on, TC, you you're, you're the only one who has who is brave tackling this race. Both Daryl and Dan have signed themselves out of this early doors. No, thank you. JM Jungle is your 5 I'm to crying to my mum after I opened the race. The full field of 14 go to post here and it's five to one is your favourite JM Jungle. After that, Cantacan, seven to one. Estate, sevens. Russet Gold, sevens. Grace Angel, eights. Uh, Tata Stoll in there at eights. Between the sticks is tens. I mean, reading out these prices, Miss Barron is tens. Just shows you how wide open this is. And yeah, Tony, you're the only one who dared tackle it. I'm only doing it so I want to... I think it's an absolute disgrace they're running two five furlong handicaps on the same card back to back. We're just we're just a um, an informative podcast, and I know you like there's this this dash forty runner race. There's pacing and not only pace, but these like to go forward. There's pacing one, two, four, six, eight, nine, twelve, and thirteen. So this is going to be an absolute rip up job. tear up, isn't it? All across the track, I thought. I thought estate was was very fairly priced. Um, the problem is that if he's going to come from behind in, from trap seven, he's going to be all kinds of trouble. But it's quite interesting. He he, he won quite snugly at uh, Salisbury last time. Put got uh, put up five pound, which look, looks quite harsh. But I think the handicapper looked at how he's treated the horse and thought, no, I'm going to I'm going to bump him up more than I should have done because he was a bit too lenient with the horse beforehand. He made his handicap. Uh, he was rated 82 after his first three juvenile starts and he dropped him. He dropped him far too quickly. And obviously he won at Salisbury last time. I just think by furlong fast ground, if it gets a run, I think eight to one's fair, but all right. I'd probably I'd probably traffic won't concerns. Yeah. Okay. Stay if you wanted to have a bet in the race then. On to the 320, the actual dash over the five furlongs this time. Three-year-old and above, Clarendon House is your seven to one. Again, full field, by the way, for this sprint at Epsom, as you would expect. And again, wide open. Clarendon House is your seven to one market leader. Live in the moment for the Alice Haynes team, 15 to two. Ancient times in there for Harry Houston's nine to one. Those are just the top three, but because time is of the essence here. Daryl, this is a race you have decided that you wanted to get stuck into. No, not Daryl. Is it Daryl <laughs> or Dan? No, it's Dan. not Daryl. Just Dan. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. I, 
I've I deliberately like thrown shade on you there, Daryl, on purpose. Dan, take it away. I like the race. I'm just anti the youth, aren't I? I don't like two-year-old races. Three-year-old only sprints. At least I, I feel like I know where I stand with a few of these. And there's always a burn-up, but the pace can hold up fairly well. And Mountain Peak just got touched off last year in a renewal that was really strong, wasn't it? The form was booted left, right and centre. T-Spirit is a listed winner since. The runner-up has gone on to better things since. Mockertill was fourth. He won at least once afterwards. So it's a strong renewal. He's off 98. He's eased back down. It's only a couple of pound high now. I'd just throw out the reappearance. For me, he's the fastest horse in the race. He's got the most early pace. And I'm hoping he capitalised on that. But as a saver material, just because there could be a complete pace collapse if that happens, Alligator Alley, tricky customer, but at his very best in briskly run races, end-to-end gallop, pick his way through and... Yeah, he'll go on the bridle for a long way. He might might have gone off the boil a bit. He's been racing heavily now for a while, but I'm getting one from either end of the field. Okay. Alligator Alley became a bit of a cliff horse for me at one stage. I'm sort of glad I've stepped back from that cliff. Um, the 3.55. Oh, no. TC. No, I, no it, I'm not going to have a bet, but it, like, okay. I thought Bocatil was half interesting. Um, okay. Cheap pieces back on, won the race a couple of years ago. Three-time course winner. But midfield draw in 11, uh, fraught with danger. And I've never heard of the seven-pound claim who's come over from Ireland. So not that jockeys matter, but um, but no. Uh, like I say, it's, I think the runs, I think he's going to need all kind of luck in, in that field. But uh, yeah, he's, he's handicapped to go very close on the course. He obviously goes well out, but... No, 14's okay, one well, the let's, place is fair, though, I suppose. Let's stick with you for the 3.55 then, which is the handicap over the 10 furlongs, the Class 2. Uh, Fox Journey is 4-1 to one at the top of the market, 14 in this. Masai Mara, 5-1. to one. Torito in here for John and Thady Gosden, 11-2. to two. And if you like Artistic Star, then TC is siding with him and that form line here. Yeah, you've been reading my column. Not not it's gone live and it won't go live till tomorrow, but... Yeah, I thought the 11 2 might come under a bit of pressure. But like you said, it's, um, you know, if I fancy, if I fancy artistic star, um, then Trito's got to be in, got to be in the mix off 95, considering he's got the, he's got the history as well, the family history as well. I mean, related to any number of uh, very good horses, two group one winners as well. But he's, he's unproven on the ground. Uh, Pabling got off when he was unimpressive at, 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 when winning at one for it, Nottingham early in the season said he'd be better on better ground, but it's a guess up. And um, and as we all know, with the likes of Journey and Indigo Girl, they only really came into their own when they when they stuck a hood on them, as did Mimic You, another one of their siblings. So three-year-old handicaps are just an absolute minefield at the best of times. Um, yeah, if I was going to have a bet, be I'm undecided uh, what to what to what to go with here at the moment but Torito 11 to 2 is probably up there but it is okay. a good race all right he's put for those not watching on youtube he's pulling a an unhappy face no, really. <laughs> that's, my, that's my usual face it's <laughs> <laughs> your resting face uh daryl over to you for this did you find uh, did you find this in any way easier to unpick than tc has I, I honestly didn't know um i thought it was very very tight in terms of uh there was so many um crisscrossy form lines in this in this particular contest and crisscrossy yeah crisscrossy I, I thought it was quite difficult I, look, one, of my favorite, one of my favourite singers Christopher Cross 
Chris Crossy. Right, there you go. He, <laughs> you should look him up. Very good. Come on, Dara. Sang Arthur's theme. I thought. Uh, oh, very good. I thought Fox Journey was quite impressive at Newmarket, to be honest. I thought it was um, a muddling affair. He's in the middle of the pack. He, he hung slightly to the left. But once he got the row on his left-hand side, he really did power home that day. He, he's a horse that's taken a step forward. He wants nothing but quick ground, just given his action. And uh, he's the type of horse that should handle a track like this. I mean, the track at Epsom is a, it's a huge thing for these fr- unexposed three-year-olds going in for the first time. Sometimes the form is... Obviously not one to take literally, but uh, he's an obvious one at the top of the market. But I thought he was most likely winner off 85. He's going to be a progressive horse this season. All right. And there's more crisscrossy form lines, as Daryl likes to call it. I love that term, crisscrossy. In the 4.30 at Epsom, the one mile four furlong uh, handicap, because Scampy is your five to two market leader. But he's already met Keys Chorister and Keys Chorister got the better of him at Epsom at three to one. When we last saw Keys Chorister finish second that day, Scampy was further down the field, um, but of course has come out and won again since. So those two at the top of the market here, Keys Chorister at three to one. C King in there next best, looking to follow on the excellent run of form for some Art Prescott at four to one. Got some farm figures, Vanessa. Yeah, form figures. Here we go. Let's invest in May. Two, one, 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 seven. Two, one, 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 four, one, one. I've never known him start the season so well. It's absolutely incredible. It is actually incredible. And of he course. ran, I thought he ran on the the wrong track, really, without wanting to criticise someone. Like it was, he's a turf horse, isn't he? He's a galloper, um, strong stayer at the trip. I think Sea King can bounce back here and maintain that tremendous form from the stable. Is that that's your, you just bounced straight yeah, in yeah. the selection? Brilliant. I did, okay. I was so eager. Yeah, you were so eager, weren't you? Okay. To get off is crack home. Oh, <laughs> yes. All right, then, Daryl, over to you here. Speaking help. <laughs> Kay is Chorister for me. I think there's loads to like about uh, two for free at this venue. Ryan Moore's on board, 35% strike rate with uh, when partnering with David Menuzier. But the most important thing is I think that she's going to get a soft lead. I don't think there's going to be too much pace pressure for her. Back on good ground, back up in trip. I think everything's in her favour today. God, we really are just getting our points across very sharply here. And TC, last point on this race. Yeah, I like Scampy. I like Max Mayhem, but I like probably oh. the highest courage the best for the reason that Daryl said. Um, the, the the leads there, if Ryan Moore wants to take it. The horse was actually in the Coronation Cup at the five-day stage as well. Not that that matters. They just put it in there in case they got some easy prize money, but... Of a mark of 99, I think there's still some mileage left in him. He better ground up in trip uh, after that reappearance run. Yeah, Kaius Chorister, around about 130. I think that's fair enough. Okay, fair price. A 505 at Epsom is your six furlong handicap. Um, You're getting muffling. You're, you're talking into your scarf again. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm not. <laughs> I'm oh, no, not... not scarf. It's your... Uh, Sorry, Epsom 505 on Saturday. Probe is nine to two for the Jenny Candish team. Uh, Mr. Wagyu five to one. Mm-hmm. Apollo one is in there at 11 to two. Haymaker for Huey Morrison 13 to two. Indian Creek is nine to one. And uh, Daryl, we will come to you here. Yeah, Mr. Wagyu. Um, look, I can't take credit for this. A colleague of mine, Andrew Mount, like absolutely adores this horse. And he and badges it into me every single year that this horse just wants to be backed in June or July. All 15 wins have come in June or July. He's zero for 43, I think, outside of that period. Took a big step back in the right direction, ironically, last time at York. Scored fourth time out in 2017, 2018, 2021, 2022. 
um, and won this race last year, obviously, at 12 to 1 of, uh, of a pound lower, I think. Um, but yeah, he's it, it, got to have a big chance here to step back in the right direction at York. Um, lots to like about him. Okay, lots to like about Mr. Wagyu. And at this time of year, love those sort of stats, don't we, TC? We do. Um, I think Night on Earth is probably a back to lay, but I don't think he'll hang on. I think Visor from stall one, I think he'll get the lead, but he just looks all over a five, uh, five furlong horse rather than a six furlong horse, even round here on quickening ground. I think Mr. Waggy will pick him up. Um, he was won this off 94 last year, now on 96. He actually went on to finish fourth in the Wokenham after winning this and won a valuable race at the Curra, and he went off to, he went up to a mark 106. He now, now 96, after three three spins this season, and that York run on the near side rail was a very very good run. Uh, yeah, I think this is a a plot repeat job, and five to one's not a bad price, uh, and I think you'll get an extra place as well. But yeah, uh, okay. Mr. Wagyu for me too. Mr. Wagyu at five to one. Uh, that wraps up the show, so it's just time to do naps, please. And Daryl, I wonder if your nap. What do we, yeah, I don't know what happens here, but give you a nap anyway. Give me a nap. Um, does it have to be with one of the races we've uh, discussed or can it be on the same car but later on the Friday? ITV only. Oh, ITV only. Okay, let's go Mr. Wagyu then at five to one. I think you should have Oh, Ooh, okay. Um, TC, over to you, please. Your nap, please. Biggest bet I've had is so far is Ross Gollin. So that has to be the nap. Yeah, you did sort of give that away at the start of the show, I thought. And Dan Barber, what is your nap, please? I'm covering both bases in the dash. I'm having splitting stakes, mountain peak, alligator alley. Really, I'd like three quarters of a point on one and a quarter on alligator alley, but Barrios ahead would explode, so I'll leave that out. <laughs> I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna go out and market raisin tonight. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That thrilling four and a bumper to close proceedings could be a real gripper. Forerunner? Hey, look, I'd love a forerunner bumper. I had that two-runner bumper in Chepstow the other that day. That was one of Samar's winners. How I, far did I, that how far did it win? About left. 20 lengths. So I died for forerunners. Uh right, that wraps up the show, guys. We've rattled through the end of this. I wonder if our podcast will, is sort of a prediction for how the Epsom Derby Day will just, be. Just, just very quickly, a quick Starting one. On a real quick quick question then... for everybody. What's going to go a favourite in the derby? August oh, Rodan. Yeah. Oh, August Rodan. Rodan, Rodan yeah. I'm going to go arrest. Oh, the Frankie, Lord, the Frankie, the Frankie factor. factor. Don't say right. the Frankie factor because I won't swear. <laughs> Frankie Factor, I said it first. Bingo. Right, on that note, it is goodbye. Gamble responsibly. Enjoy Derby weekend and join us again on Monday where something tells me we will have plenty to discuss on Wade next week. But for now, it is goodbye. Goodbye.